Welcome to HR Trends. I'm your host, Claire Morin. And today we're discussing how the COVID-19 pandemic is reshaping employee benefits. We're reacting to a recent survey from Unum, which shows some interesting data points about what this new future of benefits will look like. We surveyed more than 400 employers across the US, across industries and company sizes. And I'm joined today by three thought leaders in the leave and benefits space, Charlene Lorby, Ellen McCann, and Rob Hecker. And as one of my guests is a lawyer, I'm going to just start with a short disclaimer. This program is not intended to constitute legal advice, and it's for general educational purposes only. If you do need legal advice, please contact your own attorney. So let's start with you, Charlene. Charlene is the author of HR Bartender. She's the president of ITM Group, a training and human resources consulting firm. Uh, you will undoubtedly have come across her work in the space. So welcome, Charlene. Thanks for having me and thanks to everyone for listening. Yeah, it's great to have you with us. Um, we also have Rob Hecker. So Rob is vice president of Global Total Rewards at Unum. He has been with Unum for over 30 years. He has immense experience across the human resources uh, spectrum. Um, and Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Claire. And finally, Ellen McCann, who is an acclaimed national speaker on leave management issues, such as the FMLA and ADA, and most recently, all of the leave laws surrounding the coronavirus. So welcome back, Ellen. Thank you, Claire. Thanks for having me. So this new survey, which we'll be linking to in our show description, some really interesting data was coming out. Um, the, the first piece we sort of asked employers um, was around working from home. And clearly, you know, the, 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 there's been a paradigm shift because of the coronavirus. Um, we, we asked employers Will you allow employees the flexibility to work from home even after the COVID-19 pandemic is over? And this is over 400 employees, uh, sorry, employers we surveyed across a range of industries and sizes. And we actually found that 56% said, yes, we're going to allow um, employees this flexibility going into the future. Um, Charlene, I was wondering your thoughts on that. Um, clearly, we, we asked this in early June when states were reopening. Obviously, today we're recording this on July 17th. And, and unfortunately, you know, this, this is spiking cases. So there is a, a retreat from the workplace taking place right now. Uh, I just wondered if you could sort of comment on that. One of the things that I think is really interesting about the statistic, you know, people reporting about working from home is I'm hearing a lot of employers say, you know, if you had asked me this question, you know, back in February, that working from home really wasn't an option, um, that, you know, employers weren't ready to take that leap and let people work from home. And when all of this happened, employers made some decisions, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, on the fly. Um, you know, they decided everybody needs to work from home and they realized we can be productive. We can communicate, we can be productive, we can still accomplish some of our goals. Um, and that's not every industry, but there are um, 
even in industries like hospitality, there are functions of the operation that are working remotely. So I think what you're finding right now, um, and it would be, you know, um, it would be interesting to, you know, ask that, that follow-up question about this, but how many employers now are saying something like, okay, what does work from home 2.0 look like? You know, what's the next iteration of this? Because it could be weeks or months before employees are able to meet together as a group. Right. It's such a good point. And Rob, I wonder your thoughts on that, you know, being sort of head of the HR organization like Unum. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's an interesting, you know, question that a lot of employees are going to ask themselves because, you know, an extension, uh, you know, of, of this question about what's 2.0 look like is if I'm an employer, what are the implications of having a good portion of my workforce that's working remotely? What the implications for my culture, for how we innovate. Um, you know, a lot of companies uh, have invested heavily in their space because part of that space was that space was their image, was part of their their brand. And, and now that uh, that that whole investment kind of has a different feel for them. And so they're trying to redefine what's that, what's the purpose of our our, our space, and and how do we make it so that. Um, we can still get value out of it. And so I think I think employers are going through a lot of soul searching, trying to figure out, you know, what does that look like going forward? And, and I don't think we know yet, but I do think it's going to be, as you mentioned, Claire, early on, it is a paradigm shift. And I think there's going to be some fundamental changes in terms of this whole, what is remote work? What is working in the office look like? And what is it? And what's the purpose of, of space? Right, right. It's so true. And, you know, another insight from the survey is is really speaking to sort of traditionally time away from work, which is the paid leave aspect. And during the coronavirus, obviously, this has risen to the forefront of conversation and of, of the needs of families across the US. So we, we actually asked employers, will you expand paid leave benefits in the next 12 months? And we got quite a surprising answer. A vast majority are considering this. So 44% probably or definitely will expand paid leave. 32% might or might not. So they're considering it. And and just really the minority uh, uh, probably or definitely will not. Um, So Ellen, I'd love to ask you about this. I mean, that's a lot of these employers. And what's interesting, when you look at below 500 employees to above, it's fairly consistent. This this larger segment is considering expanding paid leave. What are your thoughts on that? Right, Claire. And I think I don't think it's really all that surprising, given it that most employers have learned that they really weren't prepared uh, for a pandemic like this. So a lot of employers, of course, you know, they were following FMLA. They had to follow FMLA, which is an unpaid leave. But they didn't really have anything in place to handle something of this magnitude that would not only provide their employees with job protection while they were out, but provide them with some pay if there were circumstances beyond their control that prevented them from working. And and as we know, the, the federal government did amend the FMLA to provide for some paid FMLA for the pandemic, but that only applied to employers that have less than 500 employees. So I think what's interesting is we're seeing employers who aren't mandated to provide this emergency FMLA 
they're even recognizing that the importance of it. And they're saying that within the next year, they're going to provide some type of additional paid leave benefits for their employees. So employers are recognizing that this is really important and they don't want to be left behind again. They don't want to be caught off guard. You know, another data point um, we asked was around benefits planning. So we asked what non-medical benefit changes will you make for 2021? Um, we found that um, the majority, so 57% are changing the benefits mix or their benefits planning. The majority of them are expanding their coverage. Um, a portion of them are, of course, reducing coverage, and this will be for a variety of reasons across different industries and, you know, what's happening right now. Um, what was interesting is amid those who are changing their uh, benefits, the largest change, which is perhaps not, again, not surprising, 31% are adding or new or expanding their wellness benefits. So this is covering, you know, physical wellness, uh, mental health. Rob, uh, I wonder, as somebody running this again at Unum, you, you know, your thoughts on that, on that data. Yeah, and it's not, and it's not surprising at all. I mean, I think the the pandemic, if if nothing else, has um, been extremely uh, stressful for employees. Um, I, I think there's going to be a uh, an emergence of behavioral health issues uh, related to anxiety and depression that are going to come out of all the issues related to the pandemic. Um, some of them are financially oriented. There's a lot of people struggling financially. Some of them are just, uh, you know, issues with isolation, uh, working remotely without a support system, a lot of stress created by childcare uh, or elder care uh, issues. And so I think, you know, you're starting to see a lot of these um, issues rise and, and it it's going to impact employer productivity and so um, and getting employees back to work essentially and so there's going to be a I, I, it's no surprising that employees are starting to start to see this in their workforce and trying to, to develop programs and services um, to help employees kind of better cope um, with the with with uh, the, some of the issues they're challenged with and and also maybe maybe thrive as well in in, in a very challenging situation and I think you, you also see um, a focus more on physical well-being. I mean, that's also tied to uh, emotional well-being. And so, how do you get employees so they can stay active and they're and they're physically, uh, um, because that that helps uh, them better cope with the stresses in, in, in their daily lives. And so, how do you do that kind of virtually? And so, a lot of employers are getting very creative around that. And then there's the financial well-being piece. How do you help employees that you know with the CARES Act? You've had employees take um, significant number of employees taking withdrawals out of their 401ks to, to help them uh, uh, get through the pandemic and some of the financial issues. How do you help them get back on track uh, for their retirement uh, now that, they, that they're really now kind of really falling off track as, as, to some extent? So I think there's a lot of pieces that employees are going to be focused on um, well beyond just you know the, the traditional benefits uh, in, in terms of the medical plans and things like that. Right. And and Charlene, I'd love to get your thoughts on that too. This is such a, a time focus in benefits, isn't it? You know, for employees and their sort of attentions now on this topic. I um I totally agree with everything that Rob said and would would just emphasize the point that I think organizations prior to you know, COVID um, were very um, focused on 
introducing well-being and not just well-being from a you know physical standpoint but you know rob talked about um you know emotional well-being he talked about financial well-being all of the components and really creating something very holistic for employees i think that that's going to be even more important now um it, it as we think about things like you know child care and elder care um are very prominent topics right now and individuals are getting stretched in ways that they couldn't imagine right right and ellen you know that makes me think of something you've talked about before which in terms of leave or you know short-term disability claims you know mental health is one certainly coming that employers can expect to see claims as you've put it before people have been juggling right their lives for months now people have been clear and i think employers should not have the false sense of security that we're in some sense of business as usual now or that we've uh, created a place where everyone is okay with the pandemic and what has been going on simply because people have been able to make it work for the last three or four months doesn't mean that's sustainable for them. So employers really should be, you know, in tune to the fact that their employees may have been able to juggle for the last several months, but they might not be able to continue to do that. They may have a spouse who's now unemployed. They may have children who are not going back to school in the classroom in the fall, and perhaps they thought they were so they could hang on just a little bit longer. So we're, we're not out of the woods, let's put it that way, from an employment perspective. And an employer should just be prepared for whatever comes next. And I think the one thing we've learned through this pandemic is we don't know what's coming next. We have to be flexible and we have to be nimble and take into account all of the issues you know that Rob and Charlene have talked about as well. I don't think those are going away anytime soon. Thank you all so much. There's even more in this report, such as changes in enrollment strategies. Um, we're seeing a lot of employers uh, uh, thinking of shifting to virtual capabilities. Um, and we're going to actually discuss that in our next episode. We're going to be bringing in a few experts in the sort of virtual enrollment space to just talk about best practices uh, as we look ahead to the fall. So please join us for that. And thank you again to my guests. Um, stay safe and, and thanks so much for joining us. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.